Are you a person that struggles emotionally? You're at a place right now where you're just so easily triggered emotion to the point to where your emotion spills out in your life. But you're at a place where you really want to get to a place where you're emotionally intelligent, where you can regulate your emotions and be uh, more emotionally stable. And my friend, if that's you, then this video is for you. Today, we're going to be talking about how to go from emotionally ignorant to emotionally intelligent. Let's get right into my points. The first thing I'm going to define right now is emotional ignorance. It's very important to understand that emotions are a part of our lives, that emotions are not bad. They become bad when we invest too much in them. But we're going to talk about and really systematically help you go from a place where you're emotionally ignorant, which makes you more easily or more prone to be emotionally triggered, to a person who's emotionally intelligent and fostering healthy relationships, great communication skills, as well as being proper or improving in your decision making. Let's get right into emotional ignorance. Let's define it. And then also type your questions because I'm going to answer the question at the end. Emotional ignorance refers to a state, like that word state. State means where you reside. Right now, I'm in the state of North Carolina. I cannot live in North Carolina and Kentucky at the same time. I can't. I live in North Carolina. Like I'm present. So it refers to a state in which an individual lacks awareness <clears throat> and understanding of their own emotions and the emotions of others. They may struggle to recognize, express, or manage their feelings effectively, leading to difficulties in navigating social interactions and forming healthy relationships. Emotionally ignorant individuals may have limited insight into the impact of their emotions on themselves and those around them. So very important. So it says here that they may struggle to recognize, express, or manage their feelings. In fact, there's a way that God wants us to manage our feelings. He never intended for our feelings to lead to floodings, drowning, causing destruction. See, it says that these people are emotionally ignorant. They struggle to recognize. They can't even recognize where that emotion stemmed from. They have no recollection of, of where that emotion will spark or what are the contributing factors to it, what triggers it. They also don't even know how to properly or they struggle with expressing their emotions. They're so emotionally unstable. They don't even know how to express how they really feel intellectually in a way that can garner some level of, 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 of support or in managing their feelings. Give me one second. It says leading to difficulties in navigating social interactions and forming healthy relationships. So when we are emotionally ignorant, unable to recognize why we're emotionally emotional or not able to properly express it or manage it, that it causes unnecessary uh, difficulties, which affects uh, our social interaction. So you can't even go nowhere without trying nobody. You can't go nowhere without arguing with somebody. Anybody cuts you off. Anybody does whatever. You just you. It's hard for you to uh, uh, interact socially or form healthy relationships. God is saying, hey, man, why would I give you a husband? Why would I give you a wife? Why would I put you in a situation when you're emotionally unstable? And you emotionally ignorant of the reasons why you emotionally unstable, causing causing no stability in the areas that you're in. It says emotionally ignorant, emotionally ignorant individuals may have limited insight into the impact of their emotions on themselves and those around them. Now, let's define emotionally triggered. Emotionally triggered is when someone is emotionally triggered. It means that they have experienced a strong emotional reaction in response to a specific stimulus 
situation or event. Triggers can evoke intense feelings such as anger, fear, sadness, or anxiety, and are often associated with past experiences or unresolved emotions. Let's break that down for a minute. When someone is emotionally triggered, it says it means they have experienced strong emotional reactions. See, God wants us to be people who have the ability to properly respond to situations or stimuli. The issue is a lot of us, because we live in an emotionalized culture, we react to situations more than we respond to situations. See, every temptation, everything spoken by the devil to Jesus were all temptations. The Bible never said that Satan tested Jesus. The Bible says the devil tempted him. For what, what did he use to tempt Jesus with? He used bread. He used uh, his desire to reveal himself, and he used his 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 uh, position as a king. He says, turn this stone into bread. That was a temptation because he was the bread of life. He tempted him to drop, to jump from a pinnacle and watch the angels come down so that he can publicly reveal to everyone that he's the son of God. He wanted, that was a desire of his, but he knew that if I revealed myself in that state, it won't change people out of their sinful state. It won't save them from it. And he also took them with the kingdoms. So all of those temptations were tailored to him and he was hungry and he was isolated. So you can almost imagine how deprived or how in need his physical and soul realm was. You don't think that he didn't want company? Do you not think that there were some aspects of his soul that, that were vulnerable, the aspects of his body that was vulnerable? But how did he respond? He responded with the word of God. He didn't react off of his feelings. He didn't react off of 40 days with no friendship. He didn't react off of four days of no food. He responded because he developed the ability to do so. But if a person is emotionally easily triggered, then there's no figure they don't have what it is that they desire to have. When someone is emotionally triggered, it means that they have experienced a strong emotional what? Reaction. In response. So their reaction is their response, not their uh, ability is their response. Reaction is not anybody has, anybody can react. It don't take much ability to react, but it takes a lot of ability to properly respond to a situation logically, spiritually, and ultimately with the word of God, with faith, etc. They, uh, it means that they have experienced a strong emotional reaction in response to a specific, there go that word specific, stimulus situation event. So in order to overcome emotional ignorance and alleviate it being easily emotionally triggered, you got to know the specifics. So you, in order to ensure that you're not emotionally sporadic, you got to know the emotional specifics. Who are those people? I just got off my Zoom call with my, uh, my uh, mentoring program, Mindset Mentoring Program. And we've been, we talked about this today and the Holy Spirit told me to bring it to YouTube. We talked about how it's important to be specific and not sporadic. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of those points that I shared. There are certain things that triggers us and you got to define them. Who or what triggers you and what emotions are triggered and how do you tend to respond? Those are the three questions you got to ask yourself. Who or what triggers me? Uh, I forgot the second part and, and, and the third part. You just rewind and get back to it. I, said, I did a lot of talking today. Triggers can evoke intense feelings such as anger, fear, sadness, or anxiety and are often associated with past experience 
or unresolved emotion. That means easily emotionally triggered individuals are individuals who allow their emotions to do what they do. See, we have emotions, but our emotions shouldn't have us. We have emotions. Give me one second. We have a broad spectrum of emotions that are triggered throughout life experiences. Emotions are going to arise. That's why I love the honesty of God's word. The Bible says, be angry, but sin not. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. The Bible says, don't give full vent to your spirit, but be, but quietly hold it back. Let's go back to the first one. We talked about how, what was the first one? Ah, I forgot that quote. Let's keep going. So we have to understand that, hey, there's a spectrum of feelings that we're going to have. Like ang be angry, but sin not. Be fearful, but sin not. Be sad, but sin not. Be anxious, but sin not. So those are emotions that are going to rise. You're going to feel anxiety, but it doesn't mean you invested in that anxiety. You're going to have fear that rise, but it don't mean you invest in that fear. You're going to be sad, but it doesn't mean invest in that sadness. And you're going to be angry, but it don't mean invest it. So you're going to be human. This message is not to erase your humanity. But for you to tap into your spirituality, to tap into who you really are and respond from the core of you, from the foundation of you, then that's your spirit, man, that's been illuminated by the Holy Spirit. And that takes time to cultivate that ability. Like I'll give you an example. I knew for a fact there were certain gyms I couldn't play ball in at a particular time in my life. Because when that guy called me and cussed me out in that court because I was giving him buckets, and all of a sudden he was trying to be offensive to try to get into my head. And he said some things out of pocket and I grabbed him by his shirt and they had to pull me off him. This was only five or six years ago. This wasn't old Josh. It was recent Josh. And I was going off of that person. I had to realize, oh, where did this emotional outspringing come from? And I had to deal with that. I had to remove myself. Because I said, man, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not at a place to enjoy basketball right now. Because I'm, uh, I, I, I got to be able to navigate this better. And so I had to take some inventory. Okay, why are you emotionally so easily triggered by that? Now don't get me wrong, that's tough to navigate. But I shouldn't be. I, they shouldn't be pulling me off of him, right? So there are going to be some life experiences that are going to trigger or evoke intense feelings, but it doesn't mean that I invest in them because not all urges are urgent. Not all urges are urgencies, right? And so when you understand that, you'll be like, just because I feel this way doesn't mean I need to go that way. And it says, and are often associated with past experiences or unresolved issues. How many of us the reason why we're easily triggered emotionally is because we're still residences of our past. It's crazy how many people live more in their past than they do in their present. And their present is impacted by their past that should have already passed. And so what experiences with your mom, with your dad, with that ex, with that person that's affecting your emotions right now and destroying your relationships right now or your opportunities to receive from God? Do you think God is going to give you something stable when you're unstable? Do you think that God's really going to put in the, in, in good, something good in the hands of a person who has no control over their hands, who has no control over their mouth, who doesn't have any control over their uh, words? If you have no control over your words, no control of your actions, then God is not going to uh, uh, bring anything good in your life because he knows that you're going to tear it down. So what past experiences are affecting your present experiences that's keeping you from having future experiences or unresolved emotions? 
from those past experiences. We have to resolve or we'll dissolve. Like we have to, uh, 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 um, what I say? Anyway, I understand what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, we got to resolve. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say? What I'm saying is this. I must be tired. <laughs> we got to begin to say, okay, what unresolved emotions do I have in my life right now that I need to go to the cross? I need to go to God and say, God, create me a new heart. Renew me a right spirit. Help me, God. And say, now let's talk about, let's define emotionally intelligence. Emotional intelligence refers to the ability, go that word ability, and, 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 and scouts, anyone can say, oh, she got ability. He has ability. They obviously been practicing. So emotional intelligence refers to the ability to recognize. We have to have the ability to recognize, understand, and manage one's own emotions own emotions effectively while also being in tune to the emotions of others. So in order for me to be emotionally intelligent, I have to cultivate a level of empathy. Not just empathy for that person, but empathy for me. The issue is we're responding from empty, not empathy. When you respond from empty and you respond from, from uh, holes in your heart and vacancies in your heart, then my friend, you're going to tear apart what's in your life. But we have to cultivate empathy that derives from God's empathy and love for us that will help us navigate the life around us. So we have to have the ability to recognize. Recognize means this. I have to recognize the root reason on why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. I have to recognize when do I typically do this? Where does this typically happen? Who is the main trigger? Why does this happen? The who, what, when, where, how, and how often, to, and to what extent? Who? Who's the trigger? When am I typically triggered? Where am I typically triggered? How am I triggered? Why am I allowing myself to be triggered? And to what extent does my triggering emotions go? Who, what, when, where, how, and to what extent? And if you go through that, you'll be able to say, okay, I can recognize why I'm, why I'm emotionally triggered. It says to understand, I had my class my, uh, just the young, the people that's in my uh, uh, mindset mastery purpose program, we talked about, and they typed in four emotions. If you want to do that too, you can join into this activity. Write in the chat or in the comment section below three to four emotions that you that you wrestle with often. It could be good, good or bad emotions that you typically feel often. What are some of those emotions? And well, I'm gonna walk you through what I walked them through as an activity. What are three to five emotions that you typically experience or feel? And we're going to go through your activity. I'm going to give you an opportunity to write those in the chat. And the first person, first two people, we'll use them as, as, a, uh, as a, uh, representative. Three to five emotions you typically experience or feel day to day, week to week, month to month, more, more importantly, recently. Let's see. Okay, we got anxiety. Let's get a little bit more. Let's at least get three, three or uh, two more. Anxiety. What are some of the emotions that you guys struggle with on a daily basis? Or okay, we got regret. We got anxiety, regret. One more. Anxiety, regret, depression, exhaustion. Yeah. So let's use those. For instance. So our three words are, oh, we got, oh, everybody's coming in now. We got three words. 
We got recognize, understand, and respond. I think that's, that's, that's the three we did in the program. But here I wrote, um, yeah, yeah, recognize, understand, and manage. So manage and respond, same thing. So let's start at the top, anxiety. So let's bring, let's bring anxiety to the, to the front. So what you have to do is with your anxiety, Kiara, you have to say, okay, I have to recognize the who, what, when, where, how, and to what extent that this anxiety is a part of my day-to-day emotions. Anxiety proves a lack of anchor. So when you begin to say, I recognize that I usually feel anxiety at this point, then you got to say, why do I feel it here? Why do I feel it at this time of day? Why do I feel it around this person? You got to recognize the who, what, when, where, how, and to what extent of that anxiety. Next, you got to take time to understand anxiety. What that means, you, you, can, you can use, definitely use scripture. You can use secular resources like, 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 like go online and talk about, I don't, don't go too deep. What I mean, like recognize the biological effects of anxiety. You got to take time to understand anxiety. What is anxiety? What, 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 what tends to trigger anxieties? You got to understand so that you can stand under the pressures when anxiety wants to come again. So you see that you first got to recognize, then you got to take time to study it in light of God's word. Ultimately, 90% God's word, 10% of studying other uh, resources that would be beneficial. And then what you would do is, then while you go through the activity, you'll be like, okay, now that you push up yourself up with the word of God and an understanding, then you'll be able to now know how to manage anxiety and know how to respond to anxiety. You will know now you have a little bit more weaponry under your belt with those scriptures. You have a better understanding of anxiety and the consequences of it. And then you have a clear reason of why it's in your life. Then the Holy Spirit will lead you to forgiveness. The Holy Spirit will lead you to identity. The Holy Spirit will lead you that you're loved, that you're gifted. That there's no need to be anxious because you dealt with the root reason. You recognize the root reasons of why you understood it more. And now you equip with the ability to respond. Next, we have regret. Regret is an emotional response to whatever happened into the past. But the word of God says that God redeems the time. Regret will hinder you from going out there to get, right? And so same activity. Where, who, what, when, where, how, and to what extent has regret come within my tent, right? How did regret get here? What did I do? So regret means that there needs to be some forgiveness of yourself. So now I will start looking up scripture on forgiveness and self-love, self-care. Go to Google and type in uh, scriptures on self-care or scriptures on anxiety and take time to understand regret and take time to understand failure and understand that failing leads to sailing. That failing is a part of learning. And when your mind begins to get renewed and your mind begins to shift, then those regrets will leave. Then you will replace regret with rejoicing and you will respond to regret to rejoicing. Now you don't replace regret with rejoicing. Last one, exhaustion. Well, we already did here. Let's do someone else. Depression, right? Keandra says depression. Same thing. Who, what, when, where, how, and to what extent? What have I allowed to have a deep impression on me to cause me to fall into depression? Because when you have deep impression, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm invested in this, I'm impressed in this, I've been impressed by this, this is where my value and source comes from. Now it's been so deep that when that thing leaves because it was, it was, it was cheap, now I'm depressed for, for multiple weeks. 
who, what, when, where, how, and to what extent. Now I got to understand depression, and I got to go to the to the to the um to the floor above depression and get into sadness. Then I got to go above sadness and be like, who who wounded me? Who offended me? <clears throat> now I got to change the way I think about that person, the way I see about that person by immersing myself with scriptures, immersing myself with with understanding and common sense. And being like Jesus and be like, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Do you not think that Jesus had the right <clears throat> to be offended? Did not Jesus have the right to be upset? Did not Jesus have the right from the guy that ripped his beard or the one that gave him that uh, uh, punch to the face like, like Bud did to whatever that dude in the fight was? You don't think that he didn't have the right? But his mindset was so settled. For the joy that was set before him, he was able to endure the cross, despise his shame. That kept them in the game so that we can play. So we see with jealousy, slothfulness, tiredness, low self-esteem, anger, right? And my question got removed. I don't know why. Let me see. YouTube, sometimes YouTube removes questions if they talk about, uh, you know, three-letter words, stuff like that, stuff that our kids shouldn't see. And so it wasn't me, my friend, but write it again in a way that's kind of like, uh, you know, not as whatever whatever the uh, uh, words were. So with all those emotions, we have to recognize, take time to understand, and then reverse it by responding it the right way. Okay, yeah, that's probably what it was. I'm going to get to it in a minute. Emotional intelligence refers to ability. So I have to cultivate ability to recognize, understand, and manage one's own emotions. So now you got to say, okay, now that I recognize, I got to learn how to manage these emotions. I cannot allow my emotions to manage me. I have to manage my emotions. Let's keep going for time's sake. It says, own, uh, manage one's own emotions effectively while also being attuned to the emotions of others. Emotion intelligence means, you know what? While I'm regulating and recognizing my own emotions, I'm going to recognize others and how my lack of emotional control is affecting them. It involves having empathy, interpersonal skills, and the capacity to navigate social situations with emotional awareness and sensitivity. So our goal is to get to a place where we're able to have the capacity to navigate turbulent emotional situations with grace and truth, with emotional awareness and sensitivity. Emotionally intelligent individuals can regulate their emotions, communicate effectively, and build strong empathetic relations with others. So the emotional intelligence means I'm aware of my emotions, I'm dealing with my emotions, I'm managing my emotions, so that now when I'm navigating, my emotions won't cause unnecessary emotions. So now you'll be able to, to navigate disrespect, to navigate uh, someone lusting after you, navigating things that may have once triggered you, now it ain't a trigger to you. Because let me tell you something, if it triggers you, it controls you. Demons are looking to see what controls you, what triggers you. And so if if there's three temptations, they're, they're always going to do things in ones, twos, or threes. They're going to say, okay, let's see. That's why sometimes you be like, man, why is this person popping up on my news feed today? Out of all dates, why is this person in my news feed? Why did I see this person at the grocery store? Why? Because they want to see, is Tyrone still a trigger? Is Tiffany still a trigger? 
Is 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 Thomas her ball still a trigger? Is Tamitha his ball? Like who is still a trigger? And when they see an emotional response, they're taking a scouting report. She tends to be at a four in her response emotion when this person's around. Ah, uh, four is not high enough. Who's who are those sevens and tens? Oh, when mama say this, that's why you'd be surprised. You'd be having a good day and mama calls you and she says something triggering because they know mama can get you to a nine or a 10 and it puts to an end a good day. That's why you have to understand that things just don't be happening out of nowhere. They're coming your way to see what triggers you. And if you are emotionally intelligent and spiritually discerning, you'll begin to say, hey, this person's being used. I'm being used against myself. Why am I even thinking about this triggering thought? Why am I even allowing this thought to be in my mind? And so when you begin to think that way with spiritual discernment and emotional intelligence, then you'll begin to, you'll begin to be a powerful force that God can use because nobody can abuse. Nobody can put you in a place of misuse. And you'll be able to navigate hate. You begin to navigate slick comments. You begin to navigate. That's why the higher you go, the more disrespectful they are. And so if you can't handle demons at this level, you ain't going to be able to handle their disrespect at this level. So what are you giving control over you? Who are the people that still trigger you? What are things, experiences, traumas that still triggering you? How many years are you going to let it trigger you? Now, here are three steps to going from emotionally ignorant to emotionally intelligent. And I'm, I'm going to answer a couple of questions about joy. Number one, self-awareness. I, bring, I take my clients in my mentoring programs. I take them through these six steps, self-awareness. I took them through awareness, belief, becoming, doing, having, and impacting. We always dream a little bit. We say, okay, show me who or what you want to impact generationally. In order to impact those people and to impact to that length, to that height, you got to have something to impact them with. You can just can't you can't impact nobody financially if you have no money. You can't impact nobody with a product that's not created. How can you impact that person with that book that God told you to write if you don't have it to impact them? So in order to impact, I have to have. In order to have, I have to do. I actually got to write the book. I actually got to create the stuff. I actually got to do at a higher level. In order for me to do, I have to be. See, we're human beings. We're not human impactors. We're not human. We're not human impacting, human having, or human doings. We're human beings. The more I become, the more I can get done. The more I can get done, the more I can have to give someone. The more I can have to give someone, the more I can help help impact someone. But in order for me to get to that place of becoming, I have to believe. And belief comes from awareness. If I'm not aware, I will never get there. Let's keep going. Recognize emotions. Start by paying close attention to your emotions and their triggers. So every time you trigger, keep an emotional little journal book and little something. I got a book called Facts or Feelings that I think will be a blessing to you. Facts or Feelings. This book right here will help you. Literally has activities, worksheets for you to vent. Ouch, I hurt my wrist earlier. Vent and to process how you feel. So start by paying close attention to your emotions and their triggers. Take note of how you feel in various situations and identify patterns in your emotional response. That's important. For time's sake, keep going. Reflect and explore. Engage in regular self-reflection to understand the underlying reasons behind your emotional reactions. Explore past experience and beliefs that may be influencing your emotions. 
Next, accept emotions. Embrace the idea that all emotions are valid. They're valid and a part of being a human. Avoid judging or suppressing your emotions as this can hinder your journey towards emotional intelligence. So you got to say these emotions are valid. These emotions are valid, but they don't mean they don't mean I mix them in my life. They don't mean that I that I that I just give them leeway to leave. They're valid, but they're not factual. They're just letting me know how I feel. Now I got to do a deeper dive study on why I feel this way. After self-awareness is emotion, emotion regulation. Pause and breathe. <laughs> Practice. Pause and breathe. When somebody try you, I don't care. Listen, walking away may, may, may make them think that they won, but walking away proves you're the winner. I, I'd rather you have won that moment, but I've won the moments. That's powerful. <clears throat> I don't care about people who won the moment. Talk about me, embarrass me all you want. You won this moment. Great. Good job. You won this moment. But now when I'm with my wife, when I'm with my daughter, when I was my family, I won those moments. You see what I'm saying? What moments are being destroyed because you are trying to win a moment that you shouldn't win? Like the moments that I want to win is coming into my home peaceful. The moments I want to win is enjoying a good meal. The moments I want to win. So it's not about winning the moment of altercation. I want to win the moments with my family. I want to win the moments that matter. So something got to breathe, pause, pause and breathe, and then leave. When faced with strong emotions, practice taking a moment to pause, pause the cause, and take deep breaths. Give your body oxygen. <laughs> this simple action can help calm your nerves, nerve, there we go, nervous system, and provide clarity. So when you breathe, because we don't make smart decisions when we're up here. We make good decisions while we're right here. You see what I'm saying? So when we breathe, we're giving body oxygen. We're giving our brain oxygen, which then gives us clarity if we even should be even uh, responding to this ignorant fool. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. A fool gives full vent to their spirit, but a wise person quietly holds it back. Name the emotions. Learn to label and name your emotions accurately. Identifying what you are feeling can help you better understand and manage your emotional response. So name the emotions. I am sad. I am mad. I am bad. <laughs> I am glad. Define, name your emotions. So that when you say them out loud, you're like, oh man, that ain't something to be proud of. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Next, develop coping strategies. Explore a healthy coping mechanism that work for you. Find your you. Find your way. I mean, these may include uh, uh, meditating scriptures, exercising, journaling, or seeking support from friends or people who have experience in these areas. Last but not least, empathy and social skills. This We're talking about going from uh, emotionally ignorant to emotionally intelligent. Practice empathy for you and for others. Develop empathy by actively listening to yourself and others. Take some time to vent. So I go on long drives, man. I go on long drives and post in the comment. Help our brothers and sisters out. Post in the comments, in the chat or the comments, things you use to cope with, your, uh, to calm your emotions. My Nubian says gospel music is a great tool as well. 
right? So she uses that. So put that in there. Journaling, music. What helps you? Because let's help our community out. You have to actively listen to yourself. Go for long drives and vent. I do that all the time. I talk to God about everything. I be venting to the high heavens. Steam be hitting the high heavens. And then after steam done hit the heavens, now I'm, I feel good. Right? Next. Oh, it says seeking to uh, empathy by actually listening to others, yourself, and seeking to understand their emotions and your emotions by putting yourself in their shoes and putting yourself in your shoes. Show genuine concern and support for y'all's feelings. Who are you hurting because you and your feelings? Who, what feelings are you sparking at others because you haven't put the spark out of your own feelings? Listen to Psalm 91. That's great. That's my cousin. Yeah, that's right. Improve communication. Work on your communication skills, both verbal and nonverbal. Be clear, honest, and respectful when expressing your emotions to God, yourself, and others. Build strong relationships. Cultivate meaningful relationships by being open and receptive to others' emotions. Talk about it. Because most of us are just triggering each other. We're being, we have been we was triggered at work. Now we come back, we come home with that energy. Then we trigger our spouse. We trigger our children. And now we're creating a climate or, or, or putting our kids through unnecessary vibrations and frequencies that they can't comprehend. And now when they get older and you wonder why they don't come see you, it's because you was emotional. Cussing your kids out. Like, fam, what are we doing? Like, everything is energy. Everything's frequency. Everything's vibration. And when you when you allow that vibration of somebody else's words towards you, vibrating you, and then when you come home and, and, and the dishes ain't done and, and your kids are loud, it vibrates out of you. And then it vibrates in them. And now your son is in his, in his room. Your daughter's in a room vibrating with an emotion they can't comprehend yet. And now they can't. Now they start feeling negative feelings. Oh, <clears throat> dad hates me. Dad doesn't love me. Mama's mom. I'm, uh, now my mama don't like me. And now that's vibrating uh, 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 privately in their hearts. And now you're provoking your children to wrath. And most people are are, are embarrassed about what, how their kids are living. But you provoke that living. So the base in order to revoke that living, don't provoke that living. And examine what you've been giving. Remember, becoming emotionally intelligent is a journey that takes time and effort. Hear that again. It takes time and effort. You have to practice this. That's what this channel is for. I'm going to teach you how to practice these things. A lot of churches, a lot of preachers, they don't, they don't teach you the practicalities. <clears throat> they don't teach you the steps. They don't, they don't equip you with certain things. And my goal is to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. So we have to put these things into practice. So make sure you pause and, and go back through this video and, and, and allow the Holy Spirit to use this tool to help you not be a fool. And share this with somebody who's a fool, <laughs> who needs to be cool. Huh? Remember, you become emotionally intelligent is a journey. I've been a fool. I'm here in my heart. <clears throat> we all been fools. So I don't want nobody to be like, man, he called me a fool. Be patient with yourself and celebrate your progress along the way. By actively practicing self-awareness, emotion regulation, and empathy and social skills, you can transform your emotionally from emotionally ignorant to emotionally intelligent, fostering healthier relationships and enhancing your overall well-being. I pray this message was a blessing. And if you're watching me right now, you say, Coach, man, I am emotionally everywhere. Coach, I... 
I offend people. I, I, I'm not taking it. I haven't taken the time to really consider other people's feelings. I'm still bleeding emotionally, internally from what happened to me at seven or 14. And you're like, man, I really want to get to a place where I'm emotionally intelligent. First, I'm going to pray for you. Father, I pray for everyone that's watching right now who is struggling in this area. Lord, the word said, your word says that you're near the brokenhearted and those who crushed in spirit. Lord, you gave us emotions, but you didn't give us emotions to have us. So, Father, I pray that your anointing that's, that's spilling over out of me into this video right now, no matter how many years this is watched from, this anointing is, is trapped in this video for everyone that listens. That that anointing will destroy the yokes off of them, that the tears is flowing down their eyes. The, 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 the feelings that they're that are trying to burst through the seams of them, they'll begin to see ultimately, tangibly, your love for them. And right now, with the authority that's given to me, I come against every demonic spirit under the sound of my voice. Loose them now in Jesus' name. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And these individuals desire to be free, so let them go. Those triggers will come to the surface, and they will erase them under the power of the Holy Ghost that resides with them. Father, I turn my attention back to you. I thank you, Father God, for that authority and for me to stand in the gap for them. And I pray that the fruit will be evident in their lives uh, from years to come, that their kids won't be affected, their spouses won't be affected. Their purpose won't be affected, and they will no longer be affected by those triggers. And we thank you for it, Father. Just give me to pray. Amen. And if you need some extended help, man, get into that Mindset Mastery program today. Fill out that application. It's a hybrid program, the beginning program of Mindset and Purpose. If you like, hey, man, I need to get rid of these, these thoughts and learn how to manage our feelings. We are in the emotions part right now. We have 17 people that's working through their mindset. We have people finding their purpose. We found people uh, finding answers to their questions, their healing. It's a more intimate environment. It's a community where iron sharpens iron and people's minds are being shifted because when the mind shifts, life shifts. And if that resonates with you and you're like, hey, that's for me. I've already done the work for you. The work is there for you to work for your own life, right? And so go to my website, mycoachjosh.com <clears throat> forward slash mindset mastery. I'll go ahead and find the uh, the link here for you for those who's watching live. Uh, mindset mastery, or you can just go to my coaching tab on my website. Fill out the application. And so that your emotions won't be all over the place and your mind, you'll be able to watch all the videos, all that stuff. You'll find all that, but the ultimate goal is to get you to a place where you're mentally clear so that your purpose will be drawn near and that you will be able to function and fulfill it at, without fear at a high level. So you're so welcome, cuz. Answer a few questions. I got to go. Abram says, what translation of the Bible do you think is the best to read? I personally read King James KJV or ESV. Those are the two ones that I use. But I also read, I have a Strong's Concordance on my phone. So I have other support study tools to help me better understand the Bible. And do you think some versions are better to read? Stay away from the NIV. A lot of that stuff, they took they took a lot of scriptures out. Um, they they turned certain words to loosen their impact. Words have power. And, and so if I, if I can change the word and translate and make it looser, like for instance, what comes to, what, what word is stronger? Adultery or affair? Which one has a stronger a uh, 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 pain to it, a stronger uh, uh, tone to it. Adultery, obviously. But if I say it's a fair, then everybody thinks I'm going to a fair, I'm having fun. So when I remove the power of a word and use a lesser word, then I make the scripture in that form weak. And so I stick with the KJV and the ESV, and that's my personal opinion. 
Nubian says, best advice for working in an environment that plays ungodly music and, and a co-worker who is an uh, every opportunity to talk down on God. This co-worker who is an atheist is also oddly kind. He always offers food and stuff like that. Should I accept it? Nope. Don't accept nothing from a fool because we don't know what they're doing. People who are kind and always offering things, watch them. There was a person in my Bible study years ago who kept giving me pins. Every Thursday, she would give me a pen. And the first pen, I was like, okay. But when you keep giving me pens, or you got pins and needles with a doll or something, you see what I'm saying? So I, every time she gave me a pen, I threw the pen away. Boom, boom, boom. Because I was like, "You're this is odd. Why are you constantly giving me pens? What are you trying to put on this pen? Love spell or something? Okay, so what I'm saying is I don't I don't just be accepting stuff from everybody. I just don't. And so the best advice I would give you as far as environment, you got to catch a vibe. So your vibe won't be taken. What I mean by that. You can only control the environments you can control. So what I would do is I will I will find a playlist and I will worship in my car on my way to work. What worship does, what praise does, what gratitude does, it creates a force field around you to the point to where. You don't even hear the music like that anymore. But if you start your day, oh, I got to go to work. Oh, I got to deal with this person. And you operating at a low frequency. You operate at low energy levels. You got to sprout up. You got to get to, to enlightenment, love, joy, and peace. You can't go into, oh, I, I got to go to work. And you, that's low level frequency. You got to jump up to who am I in Christ? Then I'm loved by God. Then I, I got to enjoy the Lord and and, and, and my shoes are shot with the preparation of peace and then start praising God and, and vibing with God. And then you'll begin to see that environment change because of you. And then all of a sudden, then you will begin to, because the enemy's using him because he knows he's a trigger to you. Could be the enemy, could just be him. Right? So when you remove that person from being a trigger and you operate at a higher level of vigor, then that person will be like, you know, I got to chill. Two more and I got to go. Jody Summer says, there is a nice Christian woman who wants to date me, but I'm but I'm not interested. I'm not sure why. I don't have an exact reason why not. It's just a feeling I got. Could it be God telling me not to? Could be, could not be. It could be. Let me tell you something. There's two reasons why you're not interested. She's not attractive to you. Or it could be God trying to tell you. So if you don't have an exact reason why, then just let that person pass by. No need to dwell too deeply about that. If you're not interested, then don't make an investment, even mentally. Mentally dwelling on this is a distraction. So it's common, it's basic, basic uh common sense. You're saying, okay, she's not attractive. Because if you're not like if you're saying that you're not interested, that means she's not cute to you. And that's okay, because everyone is not for everyone. Or it could be God telling you. Because if, if she is attractive and you and you're not interested. And it could be God telling you, or there's just no compatibility. Because I'm going to tell you, if it's for you, let me tell you something about my wife. When, my, when I was so into my wife, I told it to a client today. I was coaching day one-on-one. I told her, I said, I said, I would go to my wife's, because she was in grad school when we started, when we was talking. We wasn't dating yet. I would get to her school 20 minutes early and park beside her car. Because <laughs> I was very interested. I said, I got there so early just in case she got out of class and I was there. So if you was interested, you will pursue it. But since you're not pursue it, there's no need to even uh, uh, to think about it. 
Here's that I applied for a job when I was in a stronghold state. I've been receiving deliverance at the Holy Ghost filled church. It's this time to move on. Uh, you only move on when God tells you to move on. That's the only time you move on when the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes God wants you to stay in the place to learn more of what not to do and who not to be than to go where you desire to be. To God be the glory. Amen, amen. Thank you, Kiara. Get the facts over Phyllis' book. It's practical and blessed. Yes. Nubian says, I love that book. That book right there, man, the Lord has blessed me to write some amazing books. And for some of y'all, y'all may be new to my channel. My latest book is Multipurpose, How to Find and Fulfill Your Purpose in Life. Great book on how to find and fulfill your multiple purposes. For instance, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lot of different things. But God ain't going to care about my social media account or my bank account. He's going to care about my family account. And so if I'm not operating at a high level as a husband, then what I'm doing right now is vain. If you struggle with soul ties and strongholds and you want to be free, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, will be a great resource for you. If you're faced with a personal situation with a job or a person or whatever, and you don't know if it's a counterfeit or a counterpart, then my friend, this book, Counterfeit or Counterpart, will be a blessing to you. It will help you better discern. It will teach you how to discern. It will also give you practical ways to discern. And it will also a practical ways to test what's in front of you, see what's best for you from God. If you like the book, Facts of Feelings, if you want to get back to fulfilling your purpose and overcome those feelings, this book right here, Facts of Feelings, will be a blessing to you. The Wholeness Journal is a book to help you hold the important things well. So how can you hold things if you got holes in your life? So this whole journal will be a blessing to you. I also got a card game to go with it. I was so separate, of course. But if you are struggling with your singleness and you want to find the purpose of it so you can maximize it, so you can actually uh, 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 benefit from it, so you can benefit and bless the next. Because if you don't benefit in your singleness, you can't bless a marriage. If you don't, if you're not a blessing in your singleness, if you're not benefiting from your singleness, then you won't bless a marriage. If you're looking for a, a, a practical tool to help you um, date the love of your life forever, or ask the right questions to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one, then this book, Dating Prep, will prep you for dating the love of your life forever. If you have a young person that's struggling with their with their purpose and you want them to find their art form, third grade and up, then this book, as he says, will be a great book for them. If you're struggling with spiritual warfare, you want to better understand the whole armor of God. This book, World War Me, will help you better understand every armor of God. Also, check out my podcast. I, I, for every Sunday night, I've been going through the whole armor of God with the uh, with the young people in my church. Very valuable vi uh, uh, audio that I think will bless. Just simply scroll through. You see spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare one, spiritual warfare two. Listen to those. Those will be a blessing to you. I got to go, y'all. I don't I coach people today. I don't have my course today. And I went 47 minutes, so I got to be wise and steward my body well. Thank y'all. God bless you. Multipurpose book has been my uh, has has put me in a chokehold. That's right. What's the, e the English Standard Version? ESV. ESV. I'm sorry if I said ESB. It sounded like ESB, but ESV. Uh, where's my Bible at? Oh, snap. That, oh yeah, I thought I took it to work. So it's the ESV Study Bible. This the best. This this my favorite. One of my favorite Bibles that I that I own. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. King James Version is good. With reading with the Strong's Concordance is good. It'd be a blessing to you. Thank y'all so much for trusting me with your questions and trusting me with your ear.
And I pray that you just enjoy God. Draw near to him. The Bible said then he'll draw near to you. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Catch y'all next time. Peace.